When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good Monday afternoon to you. I hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. A little later in the show, we'll be joined by Tom Withers of the Associated Press, talking plenty of Browns, and that's where we begin. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot, Browns Beat Report, will be joining us in just a moment. Uh, Browns need to get down to the 80-man roster limit by 4 o'clock tomorrow. Some of the moves starting to trickle in. Tom Pelissaro of NFL Network reporting that the Browns have waived Alexander Hollis, the wide receiver who was with Minnesota reportedly waived. Uh, Montrell Meander ruptured the Achilles. He will undergo surgery. Not sure if the Browns are going to place him on IR or if he'll get waived with an injury designation. And today it was announced that Cody Parkey is headed to IR with that quad injury. That means Cody Parkey is done for the season. Kevin Stefanski not quite ready to give the job to chase McLaughlin, although McLaughlin has kicked pretty well for the Browns in the preseason. Here is Kevin Stefanski talking about the Browns' kicking situation. I'm disappointed for Cody, obviously. Uh, he, he's a, a veteran, came up big for us in some big moments last season. Uh, so I don't want that to get lost in this either. It's, it's disappointing for him, uh, and, and I know his teammates uh, feel badly about that. But he's battling. He's doing a nice job. I think you guys have seen it out of practice. Did a nice job with that field goal into the dog pound uh, yesterday. So he's doing a nice job and expect him to keep battling. Let's welcome in Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, uh, McLaughlin is a guy who's kicked for five different NFL teams the last two years, 22 of 28 on field goals, 31 of 32 on point afters. Um, do you think he ends up coming away with this job or is it just a wait and see thing? You know what? I think it's a little bit of a wait and see thing. I think that they're going to look around uh, at their short list of kickers. I really believe that they wanted Cody Parkey to just kind of step it up a little bit in this camp and win this job. I think this is a, kind of a little bit of a blow to the team. I mean, Cody Parkey came on strong in the playoffs last year. He made all of his kicks when they really counted in the postseason. And I thought he was having a really nice camp. There was one day where he missed some kicks. Other than that, he really settled down, settled into the job, and he was doing a really nice job. So I think this is a little bit of a setback for the Browns on special teams. And uh, it's an opportunity for Chase, but I think that they'll continue to look around. Um, who impressed you in, um, in the preseason game uh, against the Giants and the joint practices? Who kind of stepped up and, and kind of opened some eyes, do you think? Well, I think one guy that helped himself a little bit was Kaderil Hodge. Kaderil Hodge is one of those guys that he's on the bubble, and he really has to do some nice things in the game in order to be able to make this team and for them to say, yes, we need to keep six receivers. Now, because Anthony Schwartz is a little bit banged up as they head into the season, he'll, you know, he could end up making the 53-man roster and then going on short-term IR or designated for return IR like so many of the guys after the season starts can go on now. Um, but – Kadero Hodge came up big with a touchdown catch. That's what you need to do in these games. And so good for him. I think he's also been heating up in camp. I think he's a guy that if you can keep him, I think it's a smart thing to do. It is hard to find reps for those last few receivers on this roster. Uh, but Kadero is a good enough player that you would kind of hate to lose him. Uh, he's got a lot going for him, and he also plays on special teams. So he's one guy that did a really nice job. I thought – Davion Davis also did a nice job. He's another receiver, young guy, 
going to be hard to make the final roster, but they've got to find a way to keep him around, I think, on the practice squad. Malik McDowell helped himself with a sack, a quarterback hit, five tackles. And then also Richard LeCount, the fifth-round rookie. He continues to impress. Another interception, really nice job by him. Uh, I think he's going to make this roster. Um, do you think some of the guys – do you think we'll see uh, some of the, the depth pieces potentially traded? Because the Browns, uh, they've got probably 65 guys on this roster that can play in the NFL, maybe even more. Um, do you think we see some some trades of the, the, the depth pieces for draft picks or even positions of need? Sure, that's possible. I'm sure this is the time of year that, uh, that Andrew Barry will be working the phones like that and trying to see what he can come up with. And he also might have to actually acquire a few players. Now they're down Jacob Phillips at linebacker. They're down Montrell Meander at linebacker with the Achilles. These were depth guys to begin with, but still, uh, you know, you don't want to leave yourself a little thin at the position. So Andrew will be, I'm sure, working the phones and trying to see if he can acquire any good players or maybe pick up some of those extra, extra draft picks. Hey, that that kind of leads us to our next topic. Um, are you concerned? Uh, do you think the Browns are concerned because, you know, Meander, they bring him in and, and he gets injured. Phillips is injured. Taki Taki banged up a little bit. Uh, even Mac Wilson, you know, banged up in that first preseason game. Is, is the linebacking core kind of getting a little thin, do you think? Well, the good thing about the linebacking core is that most of the time they will only be playing two. And, you know, I think it's going to shake out eventually that the two key guys for them are for the most part uh, going to be Anthony Walker, especially in sub-defenses, Anthony Walker and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Now, when they need a good run defender, Sione Takitaki will be in there. Uh, but those two guys in sub-defenses, sub-packages against the pass, uh, are going to be the, the primary guys at sort of will and weak side in terms of Anthony Walker and JOK. So I don't think that they're too worried about the linebacker position. It's a place where they had some bodies some guys that they could look at, you know, they still have Malcolm Smith. They still, as you mentioned, they've got Matt Wilson, you know, they have some guys in there and a couple guys should be coming back uh, from injuries as they move along here. So I don't know that they're rushing out to sign a bunch of linebackers right now. How impressed have you been just with, um, with the twos and threes that have played most of this preseason? I, Browns are 2-0. and oh. How impressed have you been that um, the guys that are not the starters are going out and competing and, and playing pretty well? Well, it's a pretty deep football team. Uh, they have really nice depth at most positions so that when you're getting into your backup tackles, you're still looking at guys like Malik McDowell and Tommy Togiai and Jordan and Jacob Phillips. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, Jordan Elliott. I always get Jacob and Jordan mixed up. Uh, Jordan Elliott at tackle. So, um, so they're deep there. They're not as deep as they would love to be right now at defensive end, but Tack McKinley should be coming back soon. So that's really going to help them uh, at that end position. And then in the secondary, some of that is driven right now by injuries with Grant Delpit with a hamstring. Greedy Williams with a groin injury. Uh, so they need those guys to get back. But as you mentioned, some of these younger guys, they've gotten a lot of reps. They've stepped up. They've had a nice showing. You know, you've got some good safety depth now that they might not have had. Richard LeCount, as we mentioned, had a really nice game. And uh, if he has to play during the season, he's gotten some good reps. Browns beat reporter from Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com, Mary Kay Cabot and I are going to step aside, take a quick timeout on the other side of the break. We'll hear from Kevin Stefanski on Malik McDowell. We'll talk about him a little bit more, um, as well as some roster decisions, uh, tough ones coming up for the Browns. We'll hear the coach talk about that. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night. But feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. 
a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. continue talking Browns football with Mary Kay Cabot from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Uh, Kevin Stefanski uh, talked about one of the guys that Mary Kay said was impressive in that preseason game against the Giants, Malik McDowell, a guy that hasn't played in a football game in a few years. Here's Coach Stefanski on Malik McDowell. I thought he did a really nice job, and, and, and I'm glad you, you brought him up because he was hasn't played a game in a long time, and he's been through a lot, and to see him out there, making plays. Uh, his teammates were excited for him. So he continues to grind. He continues to work at this thing. Uh, and I thought he had a nice day. Do you feel, uh, do you think he's comfortable with what you're doing on defense? It's, you know, in addition to being back on the football field in, in four years, or is he still trying to shake off a lot of rust? No, I, I think he's doing a nice job. I think he worked really hard uh, when we got him in the building in the spring Obviously uh, had a couple injuries that, that set him back, but stayed into it with, with the walkthrough, stayed into it in the meeting room. So he's a guy that's really, really battling. He's, he's working very, very hard uh, as we get through this training camp. Let's bring back in Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Uh, Mary Kay, does uh, Malik McDowell have a, a legitimate chance to be on the 53-man roster? And remember, it's a guy that was a high draft pick um, and, and then has been banged up, injured, and, and had some off-the-field issues. Uh, yeah, I think he does have a great chance of being on the 53-man roster. I've watched a lot of Malik McDowell all the way back to organized team activities. Uh, actually, he suffered a little bit of a hamstring injury back then and couldn't practice as much as he wanted to. So he's now just starting to get into the flow of things and really starting to flash a little bit. He's a very, very big man, very raw, 6'6", 295. But there's plenty there to develop. He's worth spending more time and effort on. He spends a lot of time trying to pick the brains of a Malik Jackson, of a Jadavian Clowney. And I, I really think there's something to him. If they can turn this young man into a football player, uh, they're really, they really could be onto something. This is where your personnel department earns its money. When you find a guy that hasn't played football in four years and you can turn him into a contributing defensive tackle in the NFL, that's really saying something. We'll see if they can do it, but it's definitely worth pursuing. Yeah, and you know, we've talked a little bit about how well they're doing in identifying guys late in the draft that can help. Donovan Peoples-Jones, a, a late-round pick a, a, a year ago. Demetric Felton, a, a guy that was a later pick in this draft. And he can play wide receiver. He can play running back. He can be a kick returner. Um, what has impressed you about Demetric Felton, and what do you think he has done that's impressed the Browns? Well, he's got that versatility. So if you decide that you can use him at receiver, it really does give you the opportunity to keep only those top five receivers, and, and that would include everybody down to Anthony Schwartz, your third-round pick, who's obviously going to make the team. Uh, and then Demetri Felton becomes kind of your sixth receiver, which, of course, might mean that Kaderil Hodge doesn't make the team, Jojo Natson doesn't make the team. They'll have to see how they want to handle that. But Demetri Felton can do a lot of things for you, including running the ball, returning it, and catching it. And he's done a nice job with all of those things. Has, he's had a lot on his plate. The moment hasn't been too big for him. He's handled it all really well. He didn't run as well as he would have liked to in the game versus the Giants, 
but he did a really nice job in the practices in those two days, the joint practices. And I think when you put him behind the first team offensive line, he'll do better than what you saw him do yesterday. Uh, he can do so many things. And again, he's really a great late piece to find there in the sixth round. The other thing is, is if you're lining him up in the backfield, a lot of times it's going to be a linebacker covering him. Uh, those are the type of things that this offense schemes pretty well. I, I, it gives them the opportunity to create a mismatch, and Kevin Stefanski is all about finding those all over the field. Yeah, and the thing about Demetric Felton uh, and sort of the same thing with Kareem Hunt, Kevin Stefanski likes to marry that run and that pass to create that ambigu ambiguity so that the defense doesn't know what's coming. You look at the personnel on the field, and you're just not going to be sure. I'd like to see some packages where – Demetric Felton and Kareem Hunt are on the field. Maybe you use some motion with both of them and you do some creative things where uh, you're just not sure what they're going to do with the football. Uh, I think that could be pretty cool. Having said that, I think it will be a little challenging to find reps for Demetric Felton because they have so many guys on this team that deserve the football. I think it's a good problem to have, but definitely it will be a challenge. Well, the other thing that will definitely be a challenge is um, getting down to that 53-man roster, uh, Next Tuesday by 4 o'clock, NFL teams have to be down to the 53-man roster. So the composition of the roster is kind of fluid with all the versatility. Kevin Stefanski talked about just how they think about that and how difficult it's going to be. Yeah, we talk about it a lot. We spend a lot of time staring at, at that depth chart, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's ultimately Andrew's decision, and he has some tough decisions to make. And, uh, but he does a great job of asking really good questions of myself, of the coaches. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's certainly a process, but got some so another week here of evaluations before those decisions have to be made. Does it feel like a decent amount of flexibility, though, whether or not it's, whatever, three or four tight ends or three or four running backs, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think Andrew uh, wants to, you know, you want to put together the best 53, and, and that's his goal. And I think that we're working hard to make sure we do that. So, Mary Kay, there's going to be a lot of tough decisions. What areas do you think are the toughest decisions, the ones that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are, are staying up late trying to figure out and think through? Well, I actually don't think that there will be too many really super tough decisions uh, because most of the guys that you want to keep, I think you'll be able to find a way to keep them somehow, whether you end up trying to put them back on the practice squad or a couple guys will end up on IR. Now you can be a little bit more creative with the short-term IR because you can designate guys to return. So once you get that 53 set, you can start putting guys on IR for a few weeks, and that enables you to keep other guys around for a while. So I don't think there will be too many shocks or surprises. I think some of the areas that we've already talked about will be some of those, you know, back end of the roster linebackers. You know, there, there are guys like, you know, you know, Elijah Lee and Willie Harvey and some of those guys. Uh, one area that I think it could be a little challenging would be a defensive tackle. There are a lot of defensive tackles on this team that are good and intriguing and that they're going to want to keep. Uh, Marvin Wilson, Malik McDowell, Tommy Togiai are some of the backups that are really, really good. Will they be able to keep all of them? Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, I think so. I think they want to keep all of those guys, but I do think that uh, it could get a little tricky in some cases. Receiver, once again, you know, they're probably not going to be able to keep both Kadero Hodge and JoJo Natson. Does one of them make it? Do both of them make it? Do they make it because they can play special teams? But just in terms of guys that we think that, you know, we know are going to make the team, I don't think we're going to, like, be shocked and, and somebody that uh, you expected to, to start or be a, a backup or a key contributor is going to be cut by Tuesday. When you, um, when you look at areas that you think they may try to add to, um, is there any that jump out? Well, now I think they will look at kickers. We've talked about that. So uh, they will look at kickers and, and maybe some return guys. And, uh, you know, linebacker, because of some of the injuries, is a place that they could look. And then you always have to look at backup offensive linemen. That's a place where uh, you're always looking for guys that can give you a little bit of depth on the offensive line. So these are some of the areas, but uh, once again, for the most part, I don't think there are going to be any real shockers.
Mary Kay Cabot, Brown's beat reporter for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Uh, we're going to step aside to quick time out. On the other side of the break, uh, we'll hear from Kevin Stefanski on Greg Newsom, and we'll talk about Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams, Greedy, little banged up. Um, also, what about uh, Denzel Ward? How's he doing? Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night. But feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. continue talking Browns football with Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com Mary Kay Cabot. So Greedy Williams day-to-day with uh, a groin injury. Uh, Kevin Stefanski talked about Greg Newsom and if he's comfortable uh, with the rookie at cornerback if he has to go. I think all these guys are competing for jobs and uh, you know Greg is doing a nice job competing on the practice field in these games. Uh, you know, understand that he's a rookie, but he's he's a kid that, like I mentioned the other day, he, he's not making the same mistake twice. He's he's very diligent about his work, uh, and then ultimately, if he is that guy, you know, he's somebody that we're going to count on. And and all those guys, when when these games start rolling around, you're counting on them. Uh, so that's that's nothing new, and that's n- nothing uh, that these guys aren't used to, especially playing uh, the cornerback position. Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Did Newsom start to – do you think he separated a little bit from Greedy, or is Greedy still right there? Is that that battle still kind of neck and neck? Well, I think the fact that Greedy left the game with a groin injury when they were in the heat of this battle and really winding it down, I mean, the, the opener is less than three weeks away. So – It was down to crunch time and with Greedy leaving with a groin injury and he was already slightly behind. Greg Newsom had pulled uh, just at least a nose ahead in the competition. And so now I think it would be difficult for Greedy Williams to overtake him. I pretty much think that uh, that you can declare Greg Newsom the starter opposite Denzel Ward uh, just based on the fact that Greedy's probably going to miss several days this week and to be on the safe side they'll probably hold him out of the third and final preseason game. If it, if not for the this groin injury, I think that the competition would have gone right through this game and they would have, you know, let them continue to battle it out. Right now, I don't think that's possible. And therefore, you just kind of have to get a guy ready to play. I think that guy is going to be Greg Newsom, and he's just going to have to rise to the occasion. The other thing is all reports are that uh, Greedy Williams has been helping Greg Newsom as much as he can, um, giving him a little bit of a veteran uh, perspective and, and some tricks. I think that says a lot to what's going on out in Bria as far as culture goes as well. Yeah, it's been great to watch. There's been nobody that's been happier or more happier for or more helpful to Greg Newsom than Greedy Williams. Uh, the other day you, you may have seen where uh, he told – Greg Newsom, hey, you know, an interception gets us out of practice early from this two-minute drill against the Giants. 
And Greg Newsom took it to heart, went out on the very next play and picked off Daniel Jones. And Greedy Williams just ran right down the field with him into the end zone to help him celebrate. And it was just nice to see the synergy between these two guys, even though they're fighting for the same starting job. The truth of the matter is all of the cornerbacks are going to play. They really have three starting cornerbacks in Denzel, Greedy, and Greg. And they'll probably use them a lot in sub-defenses. And there will be times where Greedy, if he's not the starter, is going to start games in place of Denzel, who right now is resting some kind of soreness. And maybe Greg will need a day off or something uh, from time to time. So they're going to need all these guys. They're bringing out the best in each other. I just think it's to the point right now where Greg is ahead and ready to roll. Yeah, and, and you can never have enough guys to defend wide receivers that run all over the field in the NFL. Um, y- you did touch on Denzel Ward, and he hasn't been able to practice. They're pretty vague with what it is. Is is there anything to be concerned about um, that Denzel has not been out there, or is it just, hey, let's be extra cautious with a guy we want as healthy as can be? Yeah, I think they're being very, very careful with Denzel Ward. If the game were tomorrow, if it were time to get on a plane and go play against the Chiefs tomorrow, Denzel Ward would be able to play. They're trying to get him to the season healthy. As you know, in each of the last, each of his first three seasons, he has missed either three or four games with a soft tissue injury of some sort, a groin or whatever. Uh, And so they're trying to avoid that this year by just putting him on ice literally and figuratively here in training camp. So he's resting some soreness. Uh, I always see him with a a long sleeve on his right leg. And uh, again, they're just, you know, they want him out there against Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. So it's more so that than anything, he'll be fine. How impressed have you been with the um, the second group offensive line? The, the starting offensive line hadn't played, and, and I think that's – I'm quite happy about that. Um, but particularly against the Giants, they were able to run the ball, and that, you know, that offensive line did a nice job. Is that a pretty good indication of how deep this offensive line is? Well, there, there is some depth there. Chris Hubbard is coming back off of a very serious knee injury, so it's great to see him out there. I know how hard he's battled and how much this means to him, so good for him. Uh, you know, we saw James Hudson, the rookie, working some at right and left tackle. Good for him to get those reps. So in addition to resting your guys and keeping them healthy, you're getting really, really good work in for these younger guys who might need to play for you at some point during the season. Now, they're, they were a little thin at, at center right now. J.C. Treader rested. Nick Harris has a knee injury, so Blake Hans was in there. Uh, so they, they might have to keep working on the whole center piece, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> um, to make sure that they have that situation healthy for the season. But uh, for the most part, I think they feel good about what they have offensive line depth-wise. So Johnny Stanton is a guy uh, the first um, week was kind of impressive as a, as a running back. You know, they, he was a featured back for a little bit in that Jaguars game. Got some work at tight end. Um, what about Stanton? Is, is he an intriguing guy? How tough w- is it going to be for him um, to potentially make the roster, the 53-man roster? Well, you know, I think, I think it helps his case if he can play that fourth tight end spot and he plays special teams just you know sometimes you just need guys that are going to go out there and you know knock some some shoulder pads on special teams and make some plays that way so he does that uh so he if he can demonstrate he can do that and then also play as a tight end then it really helps him in terms of the numbers game and being able to stay on this football team Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter, and I are going to step aside, take uh, one more time out on the other side of the break. Um, we'll talk about that fourth preseason game and also um, get Mary Kay's thoughts about Tack McKinley. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. 
The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery, partners in education, where stars shine. Continues. We continue uh, talking Browns football and um, with Mary Kate Cabot. So um, the question becomes: Will the Browns uh, start their starters or continue to rest them? It's a kind of a risk-reward uh, question with the Browns. Um, uh, none of the starters really, except for very few, have played in the first two preseason games. Um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball where there's so many new starters, um, the question becomes, do you, do you play the starters on the defensive side of the ball so they can get some time in? Um, what do you think about that, Mary Kay? You really haven't had the defense um, together on the field in the preseason. Do you think that's important, or is it a risk-reward kind of thing? Well, I wrote a column about this today. Uh, I really do think, obviously, in a perfect world, you would have wanted them to play together, to gel, uh, to get their mojo down, to have Anthony Walker out there calling the defensive signals, to have John Johnson directing traffic in the back end, uh, to having everything working in sync, and to have those guys really gelling. Uh, but it just hasn't been that way. Uh, what they're doing is, you know, they're working on it mentally, but physically, they haven't all been able to be out there together because of injuries, because of Tack McKinley being gone, because of JOK being gone for a while. I mean, these guys, there just hasn't been a whole lot of continuity, lots of revolving door with hamstrings and soft tissue injuries. But the column, the points that I made in my column today are, they added a lot of really good experienced veterans to this defense. These guys have been around. John Johnson and Troy Hill, they played for the Rams, the number one defense in the NFL last year. They've played in a Super Bowl. Malik Jackson, he's played for 10 seasons. Anthony Walker, 48 starts in the NFL. These guys aren't just, you know, some new guys. Last year, they had a lot of guys that were just kind of bodies to, to fill and plug holes. This year, they added some bona fide talent. And I think even though it might take a little while for it to work exactly how you want it to, I think they're going to be ready to go against the Kansas City Chiefs and make a lot of noise in that game. Do you, would you play the starters? Would you play Baker Mayfield? Would you play um, some of the starters, or would you just not risk it? I mean, you you look at some of the injuries. L.J. Fort, starting linebacker for the Ravens, had had an injury. Osai for the Bengals. A.J. McCarron tore his ACL for the Falcons. Um, I'm seeing that, and I'm going, man, I, I don't know if I'd play any of the starters if I'm Kevin Stefanski and the Browns. No, they've come this far. I mean, you wouldn't get to this point in the preseason and then – on, uh, on August 29th, lose some of your best players. That doesn't make any sense. They'll keep with the theme of keeping these guys healthy and getting to the season ready to go and as full of a football team as they can possibly field on September 12th in Kansas City. I don't expect to see Baker Mayfield or Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, or any of those guys play against the Falcons. That's the time for uh, the young guys to go out there prove that they belong on this football team two days before those final cuts and get out of there healthy. Yeah, I think that's the the best thing is, is let's see if everybody can be healthy and, and get ready to go to Kansas City. All right, uh, 
Kevin Stefanski hasn't really wanted to talk a little bit, and really want to talk at all, about Tack McKinley. Um, is he still very much in the Browns' plans, and, and do you think he'll be back anytime soon? Yes, he is still in the Browns' plans. Um, they have been very quiet about Tack McKinley because he has been suffering from a, a personal issue that it's going to be up to him to decide if he wants to get specific about what that is and how he's been dealing with it. Other than that, it'll, it will remain private. And that's how Kevin Stefanski has been trying to deal with it up to this point. But he is still very much in the Browns' plans, and they are expecting him to be still that third defensive end in the rotation. And I expect that he will be back sooner than later. I'm not sure if we'll see him on the football field this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if we do. And, again, if, if it's a personal situation, certainly hope Tack McKinley um, uh, can come back and is ready to go. Um, that was got a, loved hearing what he said when he signed with the Browns, so let's hope um, he can get that resolved and, and help the team. David Njoku last year said he wanted to tra be traded. This year he says he wants to sign a long-term extension, has changed agents back to his original agent, um, he's played pretty well. What do you think of, uh, of David Njoku, how he's played? And do you think he can be here long-term potentially? Well, first of all, I, I think, and I've been saying this all through camp, uh, that I think that he's been the best tight end in camp. And I, I, I even tweeted this and I got some pushback from some people. I think that, uh, that he is the most dangerous tight end on the roster right now for Baker Mayfield. I think that uh, you can throw the ball up to him and he's going to go get it. He's put on some good weight and he has learned to concentrate through the catch. He made a really nice catch over Jabril Peppers one-handed uh, during those Giants practices. That's not a ball he would have caught a couple of years ago. Now he sticks with it. I mean, he keeps his eye on that ball and he doesn't take his eyes off of it until he has it secure. He's doing a really nice job with that. He can out-muscle smaller safeties. He's a big body guy. Uh, you know, I just think that he's, he's a big play threat. And I think that I've said many times, I think he's capable of eight touchdown catches a season. If he gets the targets, I don't know if he'll get those kind of targets. You've got a lot of places to go with the football, but in the perfect situation, he's more than capable of that. Um, do you think he potentially is a guy that the Browns sign long-term? I mean, contract up, um, He's improved his blocking. You mentioned what, what a receiver he is. Um, and, and he's one of those guys that can be a matchup problem for defenses. Do you think the Browns and, and David Njoku come to a, um, you know, a long-term contract extension or a new contract as it would be? It would be an extension if they do it during the season. And I don't th they're not going to do it before the season. They want to see how this goes. They want to see how it plays out. Uh, but I don't see any reason why... Uh, they can't start talking extension midway through the season if he is playing really, really well and if he wants to be here. I mean, you know, it is definitely something to talk about and to think about. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Andrew Barry, again, was here when they traded up into the first round to draft Dave Njoku in 2017. When you put that much time and effort into a guy and you draft him in the first round, you want to see him succeed and not with another team but with yourself. So that would be a feather in Andrew Barry's cap if he can get David Njoku to a, a second multi-year contract here and have him be a really productive tight end in Cleveland. That's a win for a first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. The other thing is was a young was really young when they drafted him and kind of mm -hmm. raw and it's been fun to watch him develop. What do you want to see this week in practice and in that final preseason game? What are you looking for and um, what it what what are you going to be focusing on and paying attention to? Well, you know what? I mean, just the continued development of Baker Mayfield in the offense. I think it's, that's been really good to watch. I don't know if we're going to see any of Odell Beckham Jr. in practice this week, but it would be really nice to see him uh, do a little bit more in seven on sevens and 11 on 11s in a controlled environment where you don't have to worry about him getting hurt. Uh, but once again, you know, they're going to be very careful with him too. They would rather have him be a little rusty and shake off the rust in the first quarter of the season than not to have him at all. So I don't think we're going to see too, too much of, of those guys uh, knocking shoulder pads and doing too much in these uh, practices this last week. Uh, once again, I think it's uh, get them to September 12th. As far as the defense is concerned, I think I would like to see a little bit more of the defense on the field together. You'd love to see, uh, you know, just 
as close as you can possibly get to the starters. Uh, but once again, there are a lot of guys injured right now. And I think you're going to have to wait until probably the week before Kansas City for those guys to all come together. Yeah, I would agree. Health, health, September 12th for Kansas City, priority number one. Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. As always, thanks so much for the time and the insight. Thanks, Mary Kay. Thanks for having me. All right. So remember, read Mary Kay Cabot, pages of The Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com. We're going to step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. We continue talking Browns. The Associated Press's Tom Withers joins us. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night. But feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Sports for CLE. We continue talking Browns football, and we welcome in Tom Withers from the Associated Press. Uh, Tom, as always, appreciate the time. How has Baker Mayfield looked um, in training camp and those joint practices so far? Hey, Dave. First of all, good to see you. Make sure you're stretching those hamstrings. There seems to be a problem with that in Northeast Ohio these days. Um, Bakers look great. You know, obviously, we haven't had a chance to see him in any game, real game action um, to this point. But, uh, you know, he looked good and I thought looked real good, actually, in the uh, joint practices with the Giants last week. Um, obviously, still has good chemistry with Jarvis Landry, who seemed to get open whenever he wanted to. He's obviously building up some chemistry with Donovan Peoples-Jones, who in, in many people's minds has been kind of the breakout star here of training camp. Um, what I've really noticed about Baker, though, Dave, and something I've been focusing on for for a while now, and I actually did a story about this a couple of weeks ago, is that Baker just has a, a maturity about him now that I think is a byproduct of experience, um, some of it having to do with um, making mistakes along the way early in his NFL career, but he's impressed me across the board. He's a, I think you could probably say he's a natural born leader, but he really seems to be the leader of this Browns team right now. Yeah, I would say he sounds every bit the franchise quarterback whenever I've heard him talk this year. Let me ask you this. Is there any way you would play him in the third preseason game? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little more, I'm a little more old school. And I think, you know, people are getting kind of scared off by these injuries. And, you know, let's be honest, we could all, you know, step off a curb in, a, in an hour and, and roll an ankle and then be out ourselves. So um, this is the NFL. It's a physical game. Things are going to happen. I would play him, Dave, only from the standpoint that I would hate to be the first action that he gets, um, you know, in, in real live game setting um, to be that game at Arrowhead Stadium. So I'd like to see him out there at least for a series, maybe two. I pretty much feel that way about the entire team, especially this revamped defense, which – 
we haven't seen on the practice field even for one snap this summer. So, um, listen, I can understand why they want to put starting quarterbacks and star players in bubble wrap. If it was me, I would put him out there. I think Kevin Stefanski, though, has a, has a very different plan in mind. He did say today that he's going to wait and talk to the players. He has a plan in mind right now, but he's going to wait and talk to the players and probably reveal that to the rest of us later in this week. So I won't be surprised either way, but like I said, I think my preference would be to get those guys out there for a couple of snaps. Yeah, you know, I can understand both ways of thinking, but um, after last year, you know, that's the, what they did last year when they did everything virtually kind of made me see, all right, maybe you can get away with that. Um, what about Davion Davis? Is there any way this guy finds a way of making the – I mean, if, if it was another year or a different team – um, he just comes in and, and continues to make plays. Now, that's a guy they need to stash away somewhere, Dave, because they're going to have a hard time getting him through waivers if they end up not putting him on the 53-man roster. So what I'm looking at here, though, is obviously you've got, you know, that that first four or five that are pretty much all nailed down as far as that wide receiver's room is concerned. The thing I wonder about, and, and we still can't get a definitive answer, from Kevin Stefanski about Odell Beckham and what his situation is. You know, I'm starting to think that potentially, and I don't know this, but potentially that could be a, a pupless situation maybe to begin the year. I don't know, but I think it's been a little um, interesting that while we thought Beckham was good to go and would be pretty much full speed by now in training camp, because as we do know, he's really not human and he did come back from a serious knee injury much faster than any of us could. But he's not out there yet. And I still couldn't get a definitive answer from Kevin Stefanski today as to whether or not OBJ would be in team drills this week. So as far as Davis is concerned, man, talk about a guy who's almost come out of nowhere here of late. You know, he makes the big catch last week down in Jacksonville, had another big play again yesterday. Seems like every day in training camp he makes makes another big catch. So I think one way or another they're gonna find a keep him around find a way to keep him around. What about um, the the depth of this roster, you know, it's Anybody who watches it, you, you, you realize they got a lot of guys that can play in the NFL. Do you see the Browns trading some of those bubble guys um, for draft picks or, or areas of need? Do you think there'll be some of that that trade, those trades that go on where the Browns acquire assets? Yeah, Dave, I, I, I tend to think that both things could happen, especially as we get down here to this roster being finalized. You know, there's some there's some depth on that offensive line and there's some actually some some depth on that defensive line depending on who's injured and who's not that that gives the browns to your point some assets to play with so you know when i look at a guy like chris hubbard as as valuable as he might be to this browns team you know a guy that can pretty much play anywhere in the line you know well liked in the locker room all of those things there's teams out there that are looking for starting right or left tackles and i'm sure chris hubbard would be interesting to them and then again in return, you might be able to get yourself some future draft picks or perhaps a player to give you depth at another position. So I do think there's going to be some trades, Dave. And I think we've seen here by the aggressiveness of uh, Andrew Barry in this front office in the short time that they've been in charge that they'd be willing to do just about anything. So nothing, <laughs> and I'll be honest with you too, dude, I've, I've been around long enough that nothing would surprise me anymore. Um, you know, I could see a trade of, you know, even some of the, you talk about some of that depth at wide receiver. I mean, I know everybody loves Rashard Higgins, but that's a guy that might be able to fetch you something in return for your future. So, um, you know, be open-minded about it. And, and uh, again, nothing would surprise me. Yeah, this front office has earned the benefit of the doubt with what they've done the last couple of years without question. And that kind of leads me into my next question. What have you thought about Richard LeCount? That's a fifth-round pick um, that looks like he can play. So you've been eavesdropping. He's my guy. I, I love watching him during camp. Um, you know, not only with the pedigree as a as an SEC player and a starter at Georgia, I just like he's got a nose for the ball. And I mean, you've even seen in the in a couple of preseason games. And while they've not been flashy interceptions, he seems to have a magnet attached to those hands because the ball is finding him. He's also made plays in training camp. He made plays against the Giants last week. Got a toughness about him. Uh, seems to to line up where he's supposed to be. So, you know, with all the, the injury situations that we've had at that safety position, we still don't know about when Grant Delpit's going to be back. Um, we're thinking this week, but we don't know. You know, Ronnie Harrison has shown that, you know, he's had trouble staying on the field all the time. John Johnson the third obviously looks like the guy that you can count on back there. But, 
it's nice in LeCount, a guy taken in the later rounds, again, a nod to that Browns personnel department for finding him. I think he can be a real valuable player and, and have a significant role for them this year, Dave. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and you know, you, you talk about him, you talk about Peoples-Jones, you talk about Felton. Those are guys that they're picking in rounds where you usually don't have guys on the roster. That's an indication they know what kind of player fits in what they're coaching and what their system wants. That is so true. And that is the sign of a team that has developed into a good team. I mean, when you look at the great teams of all time, and not even the great teams of all time, but you look at the franchises that are able to sustain year in and year out, whether it's New England or Pittsburgh or Green Bay, it's because they know exactly what they're looking for. You know, they've had guys at particular positions that they can say, you know what? We know that Cam Hayward is a prototype defensive tackle. We need guys like him in the case of Pittsburgh. You know, in the case of the Baltimore Ravens, you know, they've had plenty of great defensive players through the years, be it Ed Reed or be it on the offensive side and a guy like Jonathan Ogden. And I know those are Hall of Fame examples. But to my point, they know what that kind of talent looks like. And that's why they identify those guys in the draft as players that they want to go forward with because that's the kind of players that they've had success with. Yeah, and that's been missing from this franchise uh, except for the last three, two, three years. Don't remind me. Yeah, that's been, the, <laughs> that's been part of the problem here. I mean, with all the, the dysfunction and how they've had to cycle through coaches and front offices, it's been the inability to identify talent and hold on to it. So hopefully that's a, a problem of the past. Tom Withers from the Associated Press and I can step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. Uh, we'll talk the kick, kicking situation and Kevin Stefanski's play calling so far in the preseason. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom, and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night. But feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Come back to go forward. Try C, where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. talking Browns football with Tom Withers from the Associated Press. Uh, Tom, the news, a um, little bit of a surprise that Cody Parkey on IR, done for the year. Um, and Kevin Stefanski didn't rule out Chase McLaughlin as the eventual kicker, but he didn't say he's our guy either. Um, do you think it ends up being McLaughlin or are they just kind of taking a wait-and-see approach? Mm, that's a good one. But I, I hope fans are starting to realize how difficult it is to extract information from Kevin <laughs> Stefanski. It's a real challenge for us. He doesn't really want to open up to anything. So I think it's a little bit of both, Dave, and that, I don't mean to, to dodge your question here, only because I, I think with kickers, you have to look around. And I think in, you know, Chase McLaughlin is a, is a, a perfect example. I was writing it down before. He's been with the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the 49ers, the Colts, the Vikings, the Jaguars, the Jets, and now the Browns in the last five years. So um, needless to say, there are kinds of guys like this around. And 
Um, in terms of the Browns, you know, they saw, they saw last year and having to, to release Austin Siebert and, and put Cody Parkey in his spot in week two, that, that things can change in a hurry in the kicking game. It's very fickle and it's, it's an important part of the game. So um, we'll see, but I think the Browns are probably making phone calls today. It wouldn't shock me at all that they would probably have a couple guys over there in Berea kicking through the uprights right now. Um, so if you've got a strong leg, you might want to make a phone call or, or stop by over there. Um, it's um, it's a little bit of a setback. I'll be honest with you. You know, Parky did a good job last year. You know, for all you know, people would sometimes say they didn't have as much confidence as they wanted to have in their kicker. You know, he was 11 for 11 on his kicks in the playoffs, and I thought did a really nice job down the stretch. So um, I will say that you know, before yesterday's game, we were kind of watching even during the pregame warmups. McLaughlin's just got the stronger leg. I mean, his ball is true. Um, now, what what has to be a concern is, as you know, it's very different kicking on August 26th at First Energy Stadium than it is in October, November, December, or January for that matter. So he's going to have to learn as he goes, um, but I think it's his job for right now. I think I'd be hard-pressed to see them making a change this late in training camp. So, you know, we thought the competition would be decided by misses or makes, and it turns out to be an injury that ends Cody Parkey's run. Yeah, and McLaughlin, 22 of 28 in his career for for field goals and 31 of 32 on extra points. So a little bit of a track record at least. What's been the most impressive thing to you about the Browns in the preseason? Um, Probably just how Kevin Stefanski has things so organized and how when you watch training camp, man, they don't miss a minute of time. I mean, everything is just structured such that they seamlessly go from one drill into the next. So I think I, I'm not necessarily saying it's a surprise or anything, but it, it has impressed me because, you know, this is a guy that we really didn't know a heck of a lot about. And as a rookie coach, oh, by oh by the way, was the only the AP coach of the year in the NFL and did a tremendous job. And in a season like, unlike we've ever seen before, um, navigating this team around so many unexpected obstacles because of COVID-19. So I continue to be impressed by Stefanski. Um, as I mentioned before, I continue to be impressed by Baker Mayfield. I really think he is embracing the idea of being a franchise quarterback and running with it. You know, we're still waiting to see whether or not they're going to extend that contract or if they're going to wait for another season. And uh, we'll all have to kind of sit by and, and see what happens there. But just in general, I've just been impressed with how the Browns, they not only look like an elite team, they behave like one. And I think that's very refreshing for many of us that have been around here for a while. Absolutely. The, the other thing that um, – and fans are always going to question play calling. It's just part of football. I actually <laughs> – I've actually been pretty impressed with the way his play calling has been. It it makes sense what he's trying to do. And you can there, – there's a style and it it's not this kind of shotgun approach all over the place that – the, the previous regime was, I kind of understand what what he's doing, and it, it makes sense. I agree with you, Dave, and I think he's doing a good job is that – I know he's doing a good job is that he's usually calling the opposite thing of what I'm thinking at the time. <laughs> so that's a pretty good track record right there. But, you know, he's one of those guys, though, you know, to your point, that kind of keeps everybody guessing, right? You think he's going to run and he throws, you think he's going to throw and he runs. So – um, that's the idea is to keep defenses off balance. And I think Stefanski has done a really nice job with that. And, you know, back to what you asked me before in terms of being impressed by it, I think, you know, just the stability that this organization has now, you can feel from the top to the bottom. And I just think there's a comfort factor within this team that we haven't had before. Um, you know, just there's stability. And I think players know what's expected of them. And I think that if you ask players, that's that's all you can want from uh, coaching staff and from an organization to know where you stand and know what your role is. And I think Stefanski's done a really nice job of that on top of the play calling. All right, before I let you go, what do you want to see this last week um, leading into the final, the third and final preseason game? What do you, what do you need to see? Well, I'd like to see this defense get on the field for a minute. I'd like to see, you know, We've seen Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney all for about, you know, two afternoons the entire summer. I'd like to see them out there together um, rushing the quarterback, be it in practice or, or in a game. I just think this defense, and listen, they, you know, they were smart enough to bring on 
some established veterans, you know, whether it's, you know, John Johnson, who I mentioned before, or Troy Hill or Anthony Walker or Malik Jackson, or even Jadavion Clowney. I mean, they've got established veterans. So even if these guys aren't able to play that much together during the summer, they're, they're going to know where they're going to need to be when they line up on September 12th against the Chiefs. So I just think I'd like to see as many of the guys that have been banged up, Denzel Ward being another one, Greedy Williams, who's again out with an injury, I'd like to see those guys get healthy, see them get back even on the practice field. And then, you know, like I said before, maybe even take a snap or two against the Falcons. Tom Withers from the Associated Press. Uh, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much, Tom. Appreciate it. Always, Dave. Stretch those hamstrings. All right. <laughs> I really need to, too. <laughs> All right, Tom Withers from the Associated Press. Um, that'll do it for this edition of Sports for CLE. We will see you again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Scheduled guest Jeff Risden from BrownsWire.com, Ellis Williams, Browns beat reporter for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. That is, again, tomorrow, 4 o'clock on Sports for CLE. We'll see you then. Have a great night, everybody. See you tomorrow.